Hey everyone, welcome back. Today, our conversation is going to be about our worst experiences as business owners and moms at the same time and what we learned from it. Balancing building a successful business and being a superstar mom is hard. And yet, in today's digital world, it's more common than ever. The question becomes, how do we successfully grow a business and children at the same time? Join us for a candid conversation as we share our experiences and insights into marketing and motherhood. I'm Jessie Valle. And I'm Angela Reeder. Welcome to the Marketing Moms Podcast. Okay, so today is definitely going to be story time about our worst experiences <laughs> having businesses and motherhood. And so it can be a little painful going back to those memories. Yep. But our hope is that you can learn what we learned without having the pain we had and avoid our worst experiences. So for me, I would say, you know, especially when you're starting out working online and having your businesses, whether you are someone like us who is a service provider and working with clients or whether you are, you know, selling something online and you have customers, there's always going to be nightmare clients and nightmare customers, <laughs> unfortunately. So my worst experience as a service provider was definitely, I had this one nightmare client who honestly, I, it was someone who had made a big name for herself and was I knew would look really good on my resume, right? And I was really excited at the opportunity to work with her. And I knew that it would be also a really nice boost in income for the, the few months that I was working on her project. But even on the very first call, I started to see some red flags and I didn't listen to those red flags. So, you know, she hesitated for certain things that I needed or she would say these things in a way that made me feel like she didn't view me as a true business owner or just there were these red flags that really made me uncomfortable. But I pushed those feelings out of the way and I signed like a three – no, I think it was more like a two-month contract with her. And I jumped into the project and sure enough, all those feelings were validated, right? Like I realized it was hard to get stuff from her. I realized she didn't trust my judgment. I realized all these things. I'm like, you hired me to do a specific task and you are blocking me from doing that task. And not only that, then she expected, well, because I wouldn't, I didn't get the things I needed I ended up working extra hard to make up for it because I didn't want to sit around waiting for her team to get it done. And it was a nightmare because I worked extra that took me away from my family. I was stressed all the time. So when I was done working for her, I would go back to my family in a terrible mood. I was losing sleep. I just was miserable. And then a two month project turned into a three and a half month project 
because I couldn't end the contract until I had finished the promised deliverables, (laughs) but she wouldn't give me what I needed to finish said deliverables. And it was an absolute nightmare. And I just remember feeling terrible for those few months. Like every single day I would wake up dreading what I needed to go do for her each day. And so what I really learned from that is always, always, always trust your gut. If you see any red flags in the beginning, I don't care how good the opportunity seems. I don't care how much money you might get from that contract. Don't do it. Unless you go into it expecting to feel miserable, don't do it. I mean, and and that's something I really learned is that, and, and she was not the only one, right? Like I've had a few different experiences like that. And it's one of those fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. Like (laughs) I have been fooled several times because it just looks like such a good opportunity. But every single time my gut was right. And if your gut out, out of the gate says there's a red flag, maybe you shouldn't work with this client, don't do it. And I've seen it on the other side too, right? Like I've, I've seen instances where someone who's selling products has these nightmare clients or nightmare customers and right out of the gate you think "Mm, maybe this person's going to be a problem and guess what they always are (laughs) yeah and as you like as you get along in your business you start to be able to really name those red flags but I think especially when you're starting out you may not be able to really identify the red flags, but you can still feel like something's off. Like you can still kind of notice and feel in your gut, like this does not feel exactly right. Even if you can't say like you and I now can say, "Mm, this seems like somebody that's not going to get me my stuff on time. Or this seems like somebody that's not going to be respectful to me as a business owner. But I think when you first start out, it may just be like, oh, something doesn't really feel right, but man, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, and that validation. shiny paycheck is very yes. hard to say no to. And the validation of when you're starting your business, having somebody be like, I will pay you to do this. You feel like, ah, oh, I am on the right track. I am doing the right thing. Somebody's going to give me money. And it's easy to avoid those red flags and be like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> All right. So my story is actually um, from when I was first starting out. And because I still had the idea of the successful business person being the, the woman in the power suit with the briefcase, when I first started my business, I tried really, really hard to keep it completely separate from my home life. I didn't want anybody to look at me as like a mom and a business owner. I wanted to just be a business owner and a professional. And especially because I really wanted to work with um, the bigger named clients or people that had, you know, bigger sized businesses. And I was doing a lot of tech VA work at the time. So I knew I could get like a pretty decent rate for my hours. (laughs) But it was so hard because I had three kids. They were, two of them were not in school. And so they were all over everywhere all the time. I was still learning how to work um, like video conferencing software, like Zoom and stuff. 
Um, <laughs> my dog is very upset right now. Um, so I, um, I got a call or I got an email and an offer to have a call with this client for being a tech VA. And I was, you know, I was like, okay, I got to keep my kids out of the way. I've got to, you know, look very professional. So I got all done up and my kids, it was the summer. So my kids were like, we want to do this. We want to do that. They're super fired up. And I was like, okay, um, you know, well, you can play, but you have to play outside of the room so that I can be on this call. And I got on the call and it was a nightmare. My kids were screaming, running through the room, being distracting, asking me questions. I was having a hard time with the software, staying connected. The whole call lasted less than 15 minutes and it was awful. And I cried and cried for like 45 minutes after. I was like, there's no way this, I can't do this. I can't be a mom and run a business. Nobody's ever going to hire me (laughs) because I can't even talk to somebody for 15 minutes to get a thing. And of course I got an email almost immediately that was like, yeah, you are not getting a position. (laughs) Um, I'm going to cut in for just a minute and say, (laughs) she also reached out to me when this happened um, because we've known each other for years. And I remember she just felt so awful. She's like, my kids were just everywhere and the client couldn't hear me. And then I was distracted and then she was talking to me and I I couldn't like pay attention to her. And it was just awful. Yeah, it was terrible. And, you know, the, when I got the email that I wasn't going to get the position, they did, like they mentioned, like, you know, you couldn't pay attention to what was going on with your kids. Like, this doesn't seem like you would be able to focus on the jobs I needed you to do. And I was like, I can, (laughs) but it's really hard to explain that, you know, after the fact. So what I point out as well, also to someone who doesn't have kids. Oh yeah. Also to someone who doesn't have kids because she didn't have kids. Um, And I I mentioned this to Jesse before the call, but I will share it. She now does do talks to new business owners and talks about how to get clients. And I did listen in on one of her talks a few years later, and she used that call as an example of what not to do when you're trying to interview with somebody, which kind of made me feel awful all over again for a little bit. But... I did learn a really big lesson and that was that I changed the way I presented my business and I let people know up front, like I have kids, um, they're probably going to come in on the call at some point and ask me a question because they're small and they haven't figured out yet how to leave me alone for 15 minutes. Um, And I started looking for and working with clients that had kids, liked kids, were okay with me having kids. Um, and you know, my kids now they're way, they're a lot better. You know, I can have a call for a fairly long time without them interrupting. And when they do, they're very quiet so that they don't interrupt the actual conversation. But, you know, at the time it was a big shift in my business and it was the first time I ever 
started saying no to certain clients because up until then I was like, if you have money to give me to do this thing, I will be your service provider. Like I don't care. And so that was the first time I actually started saying no to certain kinds of clients. Like if you can't handle the fact that I have kids, then we can't work together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it, it, it wasn't – I think the thing here is it's not just about niching down to say like mm-hmm. I only – you know, for people who sell products, a lot of times it's, you know, this product right. is for so-and-so. Well, you can do that as a service provider too. Mm-hmm. I like to work yeah. with people who accept children <laughs> or understand yep. or are very forgiving or, you know – just someone who understands where I'm at. And I know, I know we've been where you are if you're a service provider, that niching down is scary because you're like, but, but I'm shortening my pool. But at the same yeah. time, you're actually opening yourself up more because sometimes, let's say us, for example, let's say we wanted to hire someone to help us with our podcast and they told us they were a mom and they would try to fit it in when they could, but they have kids. And like, we would love that. We'd be like, yes, yeah. we want to, we want to absolutely help support another mom. <laughs> we want to help support another mom. We want you to, you know, family comes first. And that's, that's what we know, right? Like in, to us, family comes first. And I think the, the big thing is realizing that other people do feel that way too. It's not always just you that you can find other people who have the same values as you. Um, I mean, like another example is I don't typically work with people who, uh, who, you know, you tend to attract certain people like you, right? Not always. Like obviously we've said we've had nightmare clients. But for example, like I don't go looking for the projects where there's a lot of interests that are not my own, right? Like I don't know much about yoga and meditation and mindfulness because I just don't ever slow down enough to stop and do those things. I'm just go, go, go. And so I typically find the clients that are go, go, go like me and, you know, the things that, you know, just people who have those interests that I don't have, I typically don't have them as clients. And I just want to like say it's okay because it always seems hard in the moment, but then something else better always opens up later. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, we've always been able to make ends meet, right? Yes. Yep. Always been able to make ends meet. And the more you do start looking for those clients that you enjoy working with, the more of those clients you're going to find. Because just like I'm sure anybody that has social media knows, like once you're on social media, you find other people that are like you and they know more people that have your same interests and drives and values. And it's the same way with clients. Once you start really focusing on the type of clients you want to work with, whether it is niching down to specifically say the clients I work with are yoga instructors between 45 and 50 that shop at Target and drink Starbucks, which I've never been good at niching down that way. (laughs) But I can say I work with clients that help that like to help people that provide services to people or do something to improve people's lives. Like you can narrow down in a non-specific way, but 
once you start doing that and start working with those type of clients, they're going to know other people and they're going to start recommending you and you're going to start finding the places where those clients are. Like you're going to notice, oh, all my clients seem to have Facebook accounts or they are on Instagram all the time. Every time I message my client, she's on Twitter. Like you're going to start finding those areas where those clients are and be able to really dig into that. It's the difference between trying to fish in the middle of an ocean and fishing in a pond. Like you're going to have way better luck in the pond. Yeah. So I would just say to wrap things up, always listen to your gut. If you feel red flags, listen to them every single time. And then secondly, really sit down and think about the type of person you want to work with, whether you are a service provider or someone providing a service or <laughs> that's it, service <laughs> provider, whether you're someone offering products or, you know, digital or physical products, it, no matter what you sell, think about really who your ideal customer or client is and how can you niche down in a small way even just to go in a direction that will make you feel more comfortable and happy at the end of the day. Yep. And when you are creating your business and you're running your business, make sure that it's something that can fit into your life and isn't adding more stress than the money that's coming in is worth. And, you know, maybe you can, you know, there are people that are better at running a business and keeping it super separate from their family and their life than I am. And some people that have basically the same thing and their family is front and center as part of their business. And whichever way you go is the right way, as long as it's a way that works for you and your family. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. We're so honored this is where you chose to spend your time. If this episode helped you in some way, please share it with another mom who needs to hear it. We're in this together. And if you're looking to spend even more time with us, visit marketingmomspodcast.com for more episodes, free goodies, and ways to connect. Don't forget to check out our brand new Marketing Moms book now available on Amazon.